Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. So hi everybody, Ant Knight here from Never Ever Too Old and Jay Dillon as well. Thank you for seeing me this morning. Not a problem, not a problem at all, it's a pleasure. It's boiling hot outside but it's nice and cool here. Yeah. We've got a fan to keep us all nice and relaxed. So look, Never Ever Too Old, just very quickly about that. It's a community that's been going for a few months. It started really from a few things that happened in my life, being made redundant a couple of times, see my company car go off into the distance and saying to myself, I can't have anybody have that control of my life anymore. Yeah. And then I thought, well, there's other people like me who have had enough of the rat race, uh, you know, working for big companies, working for whoever, really, and want to take control of their own lives. Now, I'm going to ask Jay a little bit about himself now, because this is where our values and our, and our match starts to come in, I think. Yeah. Thank you for joining on the live feed, and thank you for coming to interview me. So, a bit about myself, and I've been in business for now... 18 years. My first business was a recruitment agency. So I did university. I worked in the corporate world for about a couple of years. Wasn't for me. And I set myself up at a recruitment agency. And we built that agency within, well, within 10 years. Obviously, lots of journeys on the way. We had a recession, but we built that to 500 staff and it was a multi million pound turnover agency. So I've been through business, all the challenges, started on my own. I know how hard it is starting on your own dealt with them challenges and obviously built it to quite a big company. Yeah, so what I like about uh, Jay's story is that he's done it. He's the right, the real deal. He's built the businesses up himself. And that's what I've got lots of questions for him today to, to find ways that can help us. So yeah. something we touched on last week, we had a sort of pre-call. Uh, we talked about what I might want to cover on uh, this side. And what struck on me, what Jay was talking about, and I said to him at the time, yeah. was the truth. Because I felt you were saying the truth to me. You weren't sure. trying to coach it in any way at all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think the truth of any business is cash flow is so important. You know, making money is one of the fundamental things about any business. Before you even talk about vision, long-term strategies, Making money should be a priority. How is your business going to make money to survive? And I do a lot of mentoring for the Prince's Trust. I've done it for the last five years. And every time I see a business plan, the first thing I do is, right, I say, right, how are we going to make money? You know, I love the vision. I love the passion. But first thing is, what are you going to sell? How much is it going to make you? And how will you continue that growth? And I think that's not talked about enough in business because people think passion, they want to leave a job, they're thinking, right, I love this little thing that I'm doing. I, I know it can make money, but you knowing and it actually making money, there's, there's, there's quite a big gap between that. I think that's, that's an important thing to say, isn't it? Because, you know, lots of the things that are talked about now online, when you hear people talking about developing a business, you know, find your passion, you'll never work again. Yeah. That may or may not be true, I don't know. But I think... If you're not setting out to make money, 
fair chance you won't make money. <laughs> That's right. And it's so true. When I started my first business, I went to recruitment. Yes, I liked recruitment because you're helping people. But was it my passion? No, I love football. I, I love doing things what normal guys do, yeah. you know. But I knew recruitment. I researched the industry and I knew that industry had growth and I knew that it would make money. Yeah. And it did. So uh, but that, that, that was the first thing I looked at. Is it going to make money? And then I can look at my passion after that. Yeah. It's easier to work your passion when you've got money coming in than putting everything on that passion. Yeah. And if it doesn't make money, then, then you fall in love with the passion anyway. No, I think if you're not making money, you haven't got much time probably to do your passion because you're too busy working to try and get money. So I yeah. suppose there's an order to that, isn't there? You know, that's make right. money. And if you can do it in the area of passion, in that, you know, that's fantastic. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. If you can, if your passion can make your money, that's the ultimate. But nine times out of 10, it doesn't. Yeah. That, that, that's the difference. Yeah. So look, let's get right into it. The elephant is out, really. It's all right to make money. You yeah. shouldn't feel bad about making money. It's okay to make money. You can do lots of good things for your family, yourself and the world. I just want to add on that. I had a chat with one of my mentors. Now, he's a very successful guy. He lives in the Isle of Man. I'll name him. His name's Mike Osborne, Osborne Properties. Multi-millionaire, private jet. Uh, we got talking when I was younger because I'd bought myself an Aston Martin when I was very young. And he, he, I reminded him of when he was younger, which is a compliment to me. I had a chat with him only, I think it was about a couple of years ago. And I said to him, I said, and he works 12 hours a day. I said to him, Mike, why are you working? He goes, I love it. And I said, look, how do you find something you love? And he goes, Jay, what you do is you work at it, you work at something and you keep doing it, you make money and guess what? You fall in love with it. Yeah. So people, don't, it's, it's actually reverse engineering, you know? Yeah. You do something, once it starts making money, you enjoy it a lot more. So, yeah, you know, no. great advice from him. That sounds good. That sounds good to me. So look, step one, you're going to start a business you did something recently. Uh, you wanted to prove that you could make money. Yep. Was it how many days? Was it 30 days? Or? 30 day challenge we did. 30 yeah. day challenge. Do you want to explain a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah, so we, it's on my podcast, but I'll go into some uh, overview of the details. But basically, what happened was we do a lot of talk. Well, I do a lot of talks to Prince's Trust. Now, one of my mentees is a very successful magician. And we said to him, look, when we go to these talks, people always challenge us and said, well, we can't really make money. You can't really do this. So what we said, we created a 30 day challenge. And the whole challenge was within 30 days, well, after 30 days, we would be making, I think we picked a figure of three grand a month, which is average about 40K a year, <laughs> which is probably a high salary. A lot of people get yeah. paid quite a good salary for that. And we did it. And the fundamentals behind all of it was, we looked at industry that needed to solve a problem. We then found a software which was already developed, so we didn't spend two years trying to build this software because we love it. And then what we did, and we started selling it. We started, looked at features and benefits, and went to a trade show, and we sold the product, and it worked. Yeah. And the overview, you know, the, the message was, look, you don't have to spend two years trying to build amazing things. Yeah. You don't have to love what you do to make money. And if you work hard at it within a short space of time, you can actually make that money quite quickly. So look, when you, when you hear that, I was talking to somebody last night uh, about Jay and, and about that, I call it a project, what a bit of a word for this conversation. Yeah. And say, so, you know, I personally, I'm doing all these things, you know, in business and you in 30 days have gone, this is how you make money. So look, there is a way to not necessarily shortcut, but follow a process to make money, right? So let me dig a bit deeper on that, if I may, because that all sounds, in a way, you make that sound really easy. Yeah, well, let me explain to you. The reason why we came up with the 30-day challenge and the reason why it worked was 
I have done exactly what everybody else has probably done. I spent 18 months on building. It was a job board at the time because I thought it's great. I thought everyone's going to love it. And this was after I'd kind of sold my old business. And the time I spent doing it and the problems I had offshore, people working for me, developers, the money I spent, I did not think about making money at the start. All I thought about is I'm going to build this amazing thing that everyone's going to love. And then right at the end, I thought, actually, this isn't going to make me money. And I had to cut the project. And that was a bit of like taking a bit of punishment myself. But that made me realize, look, whenever I go into business now, and the message I'm going to give is, think about the money first, then think about making it great. You know, because nothing will kill your business more than having no money. Yeah. I don't care what you say. I don't care the best product. If you've got no money, you will not succeed. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. And that, that is a be all end all. And that's why we did the 30 day challenge because we wanted to prove if you want to make money, you can. You talk about, and I think I'm just going to dig on the words really. Yeah. Find it when you're looking at starting the business, find, and, and you're, you're a couple of steps away before you decide where you're going. Yeah. Find the pain. What does that mean? Find yeah, the pain. Yeah, so find a problem that can be solved. Now, you may think, well, okay, that's going to be difficult, but it wasn't. So what we did, we started, it's basically talking to people, you know. Um, every business you know has come to solve a problem. A nursery, solve a problem, you know. A restaurant, to solve a problem. So we just got talking and we quickly realized there was a dentist had a problem with the reviews by just going on Google checking out the dentist and we looked at some negative reviews and then we thought well that's a problem and then a dentist approached me and said look I've got a problem because someone left me a negative review I can't combat it and then we we had a bit of a pain point there you know they needed that problem solving and that's when we just went out and managed to get this review software and by the way to get the software was quite simple just googled review software you know to build reviews and there's a white label one already made for us. So we found a market that Jay didn't really know anything about beforehand. He's found a pain. Yeah. Right. So to test that market then, just to test it before yeah. you put all your money in or some money. Yeah, definitely. I just go back on the pain, but you know, yours is um, never too old, right? Yeah. So you know by talking to people, there's people out there yeah. that think they either passed it or they think they can't do it. Yeah. So the pain, you, you, you've talked to people and you've felt yeah. that pain and now you're thinking, right, I want to build a solution. Yeah. So you're, bring, you're building a movement now. So if you look at pain points, there's one that you've just got. So it's quite easy. So, right, okay, testing the market. So what we did, we then thought, okay, right, we're not going to go straight away into this. We've got the idea. We think we've got a solution. But look, what I thought, or what uh, Luca, who's doing the, the challenge with me, thought is, okay, we think it's great. And a few of my mates think it's great, but we've got to decide, does the market think it's great? So what we did was we looked at how could we deliver value to the customers. So for the dentists, we did some mini audits. So basically, we looked at their website, we looked at the reviews, and we said, look, this is uh, the problem. And we sent 20 of those out. So tw- was it 20? I can't remember. We, 100 was it 100, and we got 20 back. Yeah. Something like that. So we, did, we sent them out, and we got 20 responses back which showed us there's a demand for this, you know? Yeah. So we tested by putting in golden envelopes. So we, we thought something out of the box. Luca came up with an idea. He goes, why don't we try golden envelopes? I spoke to my wife and she had a laugh and a joke. She said, look, like wedding invitations. And I thought, great, they're definitely going to open it then. Yeah. So we did that. And yeah. then the results came back and the results were positive. Yeah. And that's when we got the green light to think, right, people are interested. I think this is another point, isn't it, about 
trying to be different to everybody else. Yes. Because you went to a, like a, a dentist convention or dentist show, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I didn't really go on, go on that yeah. point now, but once okay. we test the market, we, we did that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Jay uh, did something different there. You know, he came up with the gold envelope ideas. It got people's attention and that got people to come to you, didn't it? So, yeah, yeah. you know, that was a fantastic idea. So try and think of how you can be different when you're trying to get your customers. Now, that's another question, really. How do you find your customers? Yeah, the way the internet is now, you can pretty much find your customers in quite a few locations. Now, if you, go, if you think back before... Um, the social media and I was you know, you know I can remember that stage when the internet yeah. wasn't really around it's hard because you, you define it but now you can find groups you can go on Facebook you can search groups and then you can join the groups and you can see how they're responding so the first thing is you can go to groups on Facebook LinkedIn is another group you can join yeah. um, you can then just Google you know conferences networking events and it's all there for you so you do get a lot of value of just searching these groups, they're out there yeah. and joining them. So there's your customers, and you can see what's happening yeah. within the groups. Yeah. So you need to check out the uh, the podcast that Jay has done on that because it goes into detail, and you'll you'll be astounded really yeah. when you listen to that. And if you follow the steps in that, there's some major lessons in what you need to uh, do for your business. Really, thanks for that. So look, I want to ask you about platforms, okay? Because yeah. there's some people that say dominate a platform only one platform dominate dominate it sure some people go absolutely everywhere yeah what's your kind of take on that yeah i I think you've got to kind of look at what your niche is now facebook instagram Mm -mm. i don't do much on twitter and then you've got linkedin so you've got to look at where your customer is but i would say you should be using linkedin facebook and instagram yeah now instagram is getting really big now i joined Instagram oh, it was only a few years ago <laughs> and I really took it seriously about 12 months ago and now I'm at 34,000 followers Wow! and a lot of people and we only just went to an event uh, we went to a charity event which was the Nile Nile from One Direction and Justin Rose the golfer did I was invited by Rob Moore which was great and I can remember going to a celebrity and they were like we were just connecting and he was like oh you've got more followers than me <laughs> so it shows you how things are shifting yeah. but I would say Think where your customer's going to be and then join them platforms. But I would definitely do Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn anyway. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. Um, them three platforms I would do. Yeah. Regardless, I would do it. And then focus in where your client's going to be. Now, Facebook, the good thing is you've got groups on LinkedIn and Facebook. And now, without knowing the niche market where you want to go. Now, if you want to go to, a, um, let's say, a hair salon or um, something creative, then Instagram's great because you can post on it. And if your car showroom... Instagram's probably the best one to join because you can post your cars and Yanni Mai is Yanni he's he's a great guy you know so he's he's, he's done quite a bit on that yeah so coming from the mind of an entrepreneur trying to build their business we know where we're going to go we know our our audience is but the thing is it's a bit like me when I started doing um, lives and things yeah the only people listening is me talking to myself so how do you build a following, how do you build an audience? You think of Instagram and you're yep, 30 yep. or 1,000, that's not insignificant, is it? No, no, it's, it's uh, quite what, a What's following. been a few ingredients to do that? You've got to build good content. And I know this is overplayed and people say that, yeah. but you've got to bring value to the audience. Now, I started with just some motivational quotes that work quite well. Yeah. And then I just posted a few videos. Yeah. I post every so often now. And I had a bit of a name anyway. Now, through my work at the Princess Trust, 
and a lot of young entrepreneurs who've got like 150,000 followers and I help them. So they would always recommend me yeah. and that's how my following grew quite quickly because they were sh- you know, sending people over to me because I helped them and people that were following them were inspired by me, that kind of thing. But I would say give out content. Now, by the way, don't worry about big figures. Don't think, well, I need, oh, Jay's got 100,000 over his Facebook and Instagram. I need that. That is nonsense. Even if you've got 100 loyal followers on Instagram, that's fine. Now, I, um, I interviewed a lady called Lauren, um, taking on my last podcast, and she's only 21, and she's a big personal brand. And she was telling me, she gave me a really good example of it. Just imagine if you had 100 people following you, and imagine 100 people in this room now. They're following you. So treat each follower as an individual, as a person. And then you won't be thinking, oh, you know, I need to get to like... The amount of times people come to me and say, oh, I've only got 1,000 or I've only got 300. I'm not big enough. That's nonsense. If your followers value your content, that's better. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Visualisation. I I listened to that uh, podcast. I thought, yeah, you visualise 100 people. Actually, quite a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. V- yeah. Visualize 200 people. Yeah. And when you're chasing figures compared yeah. to 30 or 1,000, it doesn't sound much. 200 people in a room is a lot. Yeah. And if, you know, and if only 20 of those want to work closely with you, where well, you can build from that, you've got the exactly. start of a business, haven't you? Exactly. And think of 1,000 people that are following you. If they're all your clients yeah. and they're paying you monthly, yeah. you know, even 10 pounds a month, that's, you know, that's a lot of money. It's yeah. 10,000 a month. So treat them and give them good content. In terms of uh, approach to, to business, um, all in. Yeah. Some people say go all in. Yeah. So look, let me just put a couple of caveats with that. You know, to go all in sounds. I'm a bit like that. Let's go for it. All yeah. in. Let's be focused. Lock in. That's kind of my style. Sure. Now, around the back of that, people might be a bit limited on money, yeah. frightened of spending money because they got bills to pay. How does that all work for you? I think again, it comes back to the money you know, money being the oxygen, you can't go all in if you haven't got the money. So the ways to do it is you've got to minimize what you do. So look, if you've only got a thousand pounds to start a business, you're not going to start hiring staff. So look at your budget, look how much money you've got and then break it down and then do the marketing that's relevant to your budget. Now at the start, if you haven't got the money, then you've got to go out networking. It doesn't cost you no money to, you know, whether you're going to drop any kids off or whether you're going to an event for you to talk to people. There's no, I've done so much business just talking to people. In fact, the dentist business came from me talking to a dentist. I was dropping my, my child off at the school and we had a conversation about it. You know, the idea came from there. Yeah. So you don't have to have a lot of money to get your business up and running. That's a bit of a myth. Now, if you have got a lot of money, yeah, you can accelerate it. For example, I did with my initial business after a while, we had some more money so we could hire staff and we took it to a different level. Yeah. But you don't have to go all in. You don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. You don't have to do that, you know. Take it one step at a time. Have a plan, you know, small steps. There's a great book called The Slight Edge. And I recommend anyone reading that. And I've got no video link. And that just talks about, look, small little steps, you know. Two steps a day, two steps a day, two steps a day. Yeah. That will really help, you know, help yeah. you out. And I did that my first business. First thing I did was, I can remember to this day, I was in my home office. I did not get a house. What I did was, I just then built it step by step. The first step was a meeting with the accountant. Second step was meet with insurance. Yeah. Third step was meeting with the, uh, getting an apprentice on board because they were free at the time. Yeah. yeah little steps. I yeah. look, but they, at that time you think, God, I'm going to build this empire from that. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that. I wanted that. I visualized yeah. that. But day to day, you have to keep your, your feet on the ground. Yeah. 
I think um, as well, when I just look at some of the things I've done the last few months to get Never Ever Too Old, you know, it's known a little bit now and, it, and, it, and it's growing all the time. So uh, lives, Facebook lives, you can do Instagram lives, I think for an hour now. Mm-hmm. So I've started to do that. I've interviewed people. I did many interviews. When I go to uh, conferences, you've seen many interviews. I interviewed Callum Best. Uh, he walked yeah. through the door, smiled at me, said, Callum, while you're there, you yeah. know, yeah. And, and then lots of people are interested in that. Yeah. Go to things like conferences, exhibitions, talk to people who are talking, do it live or record it. Straight away, you start to build a brand because their followers are starting to look at what you're doing. And that's all free. Yeah, and also one, I've not mentioned this, and this is, I'm really big on this, obviously. If you can get a right mentor, and I've done an, an episode on how to get a mentor, that's really important as well. So if you haven't got the money, or you want to start off and you've got a bit of money, the best thing is get someone who's been there and done it. And it's so easy to get something. Now, what I mean by, you can get paid mentorships, and I do that myself, and I uh, mentor clients, but you can get books, you know, you can get books, People will give you free mentoring. It depends where you are. Now, if you've got some money to invest, yeah, invest in getting knowledge. The best thing I ever got, I can remember the recession, 2008, my business, I don't know if you guys have been through a recession, but when a recession comes, it's like, bang, yeah? It comes out of the blue. I did not, and, and the first thing to go is jobs. And I'm in the recruitment market, so the jobs go straight away. And my mentor, he gave me some great advice and said, look, keep going. And that advice is where I am now. Otherwise, I could have easily just thought, let's pack up and go home. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know where I'd be now. Yeah. yeah. So getting the right advice. Right, is yeah. Important. I mean, I was, I was uh, going to ask you about that. So that, yeah. that's good. I think, you know, when you start off, if you haven't got any uh, money or you haven't got much money, then one thing I've done, I've done all my life actually, is read books. I'm on Audible now. You know, £10, you get yourself the knowledge from people who have, been there and done it and yeah. if you put all that information together if you read lots of books and now podcasts yeah podcasts we're we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute yeah. we'll talk, and podcasts which are free as well I mean the information I learned off your last two podcasts yeah was unbelievable so what I, would, what I would say to you is find people who you who their values match you and then start to follow them start to listen to what they you know what these people have got to say I think that's important because you can end up following everybody. You can end up following all the big names because they've got big names and they've got big budgets and things. Find people you're aligned to with values. And this, we'll come on to this later as well. This is kind of how we're here today. How have have I, you know, from never ever too old, who haven't got that many followers, sitting here with the UK's number one podcast? And we'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But align yourself with people with values, books, audible. And when they go and talk... Go and see them. Go and watch them talk and try and get a 60-second interview with them afterwards. Now they know you. Yeah. And, and you're off really, aren't you? So, yeah, Okay, so for me, I think one of the really important things, and you touched on it a little bit with the, like the compound effect. So yeah. consistency, though, it sounds so easy, but what does consistency mean to you? Consistency to me is just turning up every day. You know, when you, you, you'll have bad days, you'll have good days, but turning up every day, you know, when you don't want to go, to turning up every day and doing the things you need to, not putting up. I like sales. I've done sales all my life. And in recruitment, it's one of the toughest industries. And if you meet anyone in recruitment, they'll tell you that. So doing the, the important things first. So if you need to reach out to 10 clients and talk to them, do that before you do anything else. You know, don't do like, you know, start 
getting tea and coffee, you know, whatever you to get your drink. But when we do sort of the mundane stuff, the paperwork and stuff like that, get yourselves done first, get the most important things. And if you do that day in, day out, you will succeed. Uh, but you'll know a lot of people, they put that off to the end, yeah. then it becomes this massive thing and then they just don't do it. And they yeah. wonder why the sales are low at the end of the end. It's the, for me, it's a little bit of the compound effect, the consistency, isn't it? Yeah. I, I remember somebody saying once about an aircraft, imagine an aircraft just being one degree off its destination yeah and that one degree they you know they were going to france they've ended up at japan or something yeah that one degree off yeah. changes your destination now if you keep that where you're, you know the destination where you're going clear yeah but you know destination is one mile at a time isn't that's it that's right that's right and you were saying before off on air about you know not getting distracted the biggest thing for an entrepreneur is distractions i get pitched so many ideas it's unbelievable and i'll be honest when i was first starting off i tried everything you know, I'd do a transport company, I'd do this. Anyone's got an idea, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, because I don't want to turn anything away. But you have to focus. You have to focus on your core area, you know, what you want to do and, and focus on that for, for enough time. You know, it took me, I think, to get my business, my recruitment company systemized, it took me a good two years of constantly working at that and systemizing it. And that's when it grew and grew and grew. Yeah. Um, we have to be consistent, you know. You see, there's a lot of, uh, you know, for all of us, there's daily noise, isn't there? Yeah. Daily noise. We've got our families. We've got the phone going. We're trying to learn things. We're trying to do things. We've got the bills to pay. We've got the shopping to do. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of things going on. There's all this noise. And somehow, whatever your way is, you have to find a way of getting to the goal. Now, I always think you've got to know, and Jay said this right at the beginning, I think, you kind of start with the end in mind, isn't yeah, it? So, you know, where you're going to and keep that destination, keep it nice and clear. Now, from that, do you do, what a lot of people do to help them do this is that in the morning, yeah. you know, get focused, a bit of meditation and journaling. Yeah, I do. I wish I could do meditate more meditation, but I have a morning ritual. You know, I get up in the morning, I'll do 30 minutes exercise. And then what I do is I plan my day on a diary. So I've got a diary, I think it's here, some of the black one. I write down what I need to do, and then I prioritize what's more important. So I might have 10 things to do, and then I'll put one, two, three, four. So I know the sequence, I need to do them. Otherwise, it becomes a to-do list, and nothing gets done on the to-do list. So yeah. I know what needs to be doing each day. Yeah. Um, and then that sets my day up, because the worst thing you can do is get up, go to an office, and not plan your day. Because the day will just go past, and worst feelings when you get home and you think, God, I didn't do anything, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, what I try to do now is I try to write one thing that says, you know, what's the one thing today that's going to get me to that destination? Yeah. And I've got to do that, whatever's going to happen that day. Even if I just get that one thing done today, at least I know when I went to bed, when I go to bed, that one thing was done. Even if I wanted to do two or three things, the one thing was done. And there's a great book on that. I think it's Gary Keller. I'm not sure if it's right, but it's called The One Thing. Oh, is it okay? Um, so there's a book That's one on I've that. not read. So if you, got, if you guys are, are getting confused and you think, oh, I'll never get anything done, read The One Thing, which goes into a bit more detail what yeah. you just said. So Brilliant. you can't create that book now. <laughs> but yeah, oh. yeah, be good. Well, they have films, don't they? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The next part to that, no, if you could. Just got to find the pain there now. Yeah, um, okay, so coming on to a few more technical things, really. So I want to talk to you about email lists. Yes. And it seems to me at the moment with lots of the social media platforms that they kind of, if you're not careful, own your business. 100%. And if they go out of business or they change their algorithm, yeah. 
you, you could be in trouble. So what's your kind of view on, view on that? Email lists are so important. Now, we use them in our recruitment company a lot. So I highly recommend that you create an email list uh, because, the, like you said, the algorithm of Facebook, and I've got, I think, 65,000 on my Facebook page and my reach is not even reaching about 400. And, yeah, it's great because I've got that followers, but the reach is there. Now, Instagram, is, is the reach is good. So I put a post out recently. I think I've got it reached about 20,000 of my reach and I got about 2,000 likes and I got quite a bit of engagement. Now, that could change. You know, Mark Zuckerberg likes to do things spontaneously and doesn't tell us about it. So if you create an email list, then that is your list. Now, with my podcast, I create an email list prior to that. And whenever I launch an episode now, I'll let it out there. Yeah. And it goes out to my email list and the downloads go quite high. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and again, it comes back to when I tell people to get email lists, oh, well, I've only got five on email lists. It doesn't matter. You build it slowly. So everything you do, marketing, try and catch their email. And you need, you know, you need numbers in email as well. But at least you, that, that, that you control that. Yeah. That's your database. Yeah. And then getting phone numbers is even better. But, you yeah. Know, I mean, you know, that is your business, isn't it, really? Yeah. I, I, I think you've got to somehow, you can start to build your brand and all these things on these on these free platforms, but somehow at some point you've got to own your people that want to follow your your, your business, your yeah. community, or whatever it is, don't you really? And when they're coming to customers, they'll obviously be your email list anyway. Yeah. Because you're billing. I don't know if you've got any tips on, because I've been, um, yeah. I don't want to go into deep on this, but lots of new laws on email lists what you can and you can't do yeah have you kind of taken advice on that yeah, What's you, your... yeah the, the, obviously the, the new act i've got a um, sort of a law company that looks after that for me yeah so obviously you've got to be careful now you've got to have opt-in yeah. but if you start the, if you've not already started an email list then obviously the stuff that you use now will comply to the law anyway yeah um so yeah what i would say is do not buy an email list so buying email list to me we've done it before it's not really the best way of marketing unless that is a core list and people are quite open to that you know you'll get spammed quite quickly so you can go on google and say right i want an email list the dentistry was an example we could have bought an email list i think it was about 400 pounds and we had every dentist in the uk in there but we made a bit of a decision early on not to do that because yes we're relevant yes we could help them but it's like a cold caller coming to your door and no one likes a cold caller. Yeah. A cold caller would be nice if, let's say a cold caller dropped a leaflet the day before, so I'm coming tomorrow, yeah. this is about window cleaning, nine to 12, sorry to bother you, but I'm gonna knock on your door. Now you're more open to that than someone knocking on your door and saying, can I come in and do what your window's doing, you know? As a society, we probably don't like that as much, especially when you're having your tea, you know? Yeah, yeah. especially when you're having your tea. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think if you're able to, I think this is something we're learning, isn't it? If you're able to be a bit warmer, know you're, have some interaction with people that want to work with you, that's better than just, just going in cold, isn't it? And like yeah, Jay yeah. saying, control your email list, really. Definitely. Something we touched on the other day, and I just wanted to bring this up. We talked about partnerships, and we talked yeah. about white labelling. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me because... You know, when people are starting up a business, yeah. you said something to me about you don't necessarily need to do everything yourself. That's right, that's right. Just talk about that because that might be useful. So, yeah, there's a few things on that. Partnerships, obviously, if you're building something and you've got a partner who wants to go 50-50, that's an option. But I think another way of um, partnership is if you're looking to get a product out to 
you know, the wider audience. Let's say you've got uh, an idea, you've got a pain point, then you can partner up with a company which has already developed that software and they can then lend you that software on a license and then you can rebrand it and resell it. Yeah. It's a bit like private labeling on the Amazon model. So you own the product in your client's eyes. However, you don't do anything with building it and supporting it. They yeah. will do that. So you focus on getting money in and they, they focus on maintaining that product. And that is a far better way to accelerate things. You know, it's a bit like, look, you look at GoDaddy, you look at Wix, big, big players. What do they do? They create websites for you. Yeah. Um, because they know the pain point of creating a website, don't they? And they create it. You just rebrand it yeah. and away you go kind of thing. And also you can spend six months developing something that, that might not sell. Exactly. Uh, so it's a good way of shortcutting all that, isn't it? Yeah, and any web developers will tell you, you know, when they sell a website, it's maintaining that as well. And the client, like the end client, like let's say we buy a website and we think it's going to be there for life. But there's maintenance and managing it. And web developers I work with at times, they don't like it. They get a bit annoyed when people don't understand that element. So if you can just rather than own it, get them to look after it, maintain it, and you can just resell it. And this is when it comes about the mindset you know, focus more on making money than trying to build this great product, you know, because yeah. you might get this product perfect and then all of a sudden it falls down because of some technical issue, but your customers are not going to be happy about that. Yeah. You know, let the guys who've built it, spent 10 years building it and building it, yeah, pay them a bit. They're going to take a bit of the pie, but, but they built it, haven't they? So, yeah. yeah. And there are lots of um, reseller products now, aren't there, about? Yeah. There, there's lots about in all markets, so... It's not so difficult to find as it was sort of five or ten years ago. I wanted to, to ask you about, so there's be people watching this who are starting off in business and want to build a brand. Yeah. And they want to know, how do they get in front of people like you? Yeah. Like, like we have today. Sure, sure. Because you get a lot of requests every day, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. what tips would you give to people? Yeah, so I get quite a lot of DMs. It's gone crazy since the podcast did so well. But you've got to reach out and give a bit of value. Now, the good thing with Ant... He's part of a community anyway, the podcast community. And so I know of him. He's part of a group. That's, that's one tip anyway. Um, join a group and start posting. And I've seen the work you've done. You've posted. You know, I've seen that. And you yeah. may not think people don't see, but people do see things. Yeah. Um, and I was at, on a charity event. And one guy mentioned, I've seen, I've seen your podcast and it's mind-blowing. So people will see what you're doing. So don't think no one's watching. So that's the first thing. Get into the same kind of group. Start posting. Start giving value. And then when you approach them, so the worst thing you can do is DM someone and say, look, can I do a podcast with you? Or can you give me a call? Can you come and chat about a business idea? Now, unless you give something or they've seen you give something, yeah. that's not really perceived. Yeah. So step one, join a group. Step two, give some value. Tell them what you're doing. Like you said, your journey. I like your journey. I think your, your movement's great. I believe in that. And our values align, you know, um, and that makes sense as well. So reach people that, where your values align because they'll appreciate a bit more. And then be a bit persistent. Don't be annoying, like keep DMing them. DM them and then follow up a week after. Try them on the different platforms, yeah. you know, send a message. And look, sometimes you might not get a response, you know. Grant Cardone has agreed to come on my podcast. And I've tried him a few times and now we're arranging that. Or, or he's got a busy schedule, so we'll arrange that. Yeah. There's another guy called Patrick Bet David who's really big, got 800,000 followers. Again, I gave him value. I commented on his podcast. I've been following his journey. 
I actually bought some books he recommended. Okay. So he recommended a book called Blue Ocean. I got it. I tagged him in. Yeah. I tagged him in and he, he said, oh, he put a thumbs up on the Instagram. So I was building a bit of a relationship. So when I asked him about the podcast, he was happy. Yeah, Especially when we went to number one. He was, yeah, he when was, you were number one, he was very happy. Yeah, but, yeah. he's a great guy. He's a you great know what? Guy. I'd say have the courage to do it because yeah. the worst that can happen is someone either ignores what you've written or, or they say no. And that's nothing against them. They might just be absolutely mega busy. They might be helping lots of other people, right? But have the balls, you know, might be saying yeah. that, to do it. 100%. Because they're only humans. They're no better than you. They're just people on their path in life. So one thing I do is, as I say, when I go to like the conference and things, what always amazes me, I seem to be one of the only people going up and talking to these people. I think, well, why is no one else doing yeah. this? I don't mind they don't. You're probably all going to do it now. Yeah. But that's great if you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, and look, in sales, I got taught very early on, it's a numbers game. Yeah. You know, when you're making phone calls, it's a numbers game. When you're um, approaching people, it's a numbers game. Now, you know, when you talk to someone and someone like point blank ignores you, sometimes people get offended by that. Yeah. But you know what? It's a numbers game. The next person that you think that person might put you off, speak to the next person, well, that next person could be the one that's going to change your life, could be a really good friendship. So everything's about numbers. So if you think about it that way, you don't really think, oh, you know what, that guy's not very nice. The whole world's not very nice, you know. It's not personal. No, it's not personal. And if you go in with that, with that attitude, you've got half a chance. So, you know, if it's one in ten, whatever that number is, you will get whoever you want to get at some point. Yeah. You know, and that's going to help you in a brand. So, okay, so coming to the last sort of 10, 12 minutes of this now, there's a few things I must get to. You know, number one podcast. Yep in the UK, the business section. And when you look at, I remember you putting the, uh, the video up and you put your laptop and you were showing around all the, all the people you were ahead of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got, I got a nice gift sent to oh, by one of my mentees. So I'm going to remember that. So well, that was okay. uh, a bit of a screenshot. I think guys have seen that from my post. So yeah, yeah there's Tim Ferriss wow. there. That was, it. it was a great day. I mean, that's a, that was a great day. I remember you uh, talking about that. You could hear your passion and everything. Yeah. So, like, there you go. You know, you, you had a goal, you had a destination, you went for it, and you could feel within your voice the passion. Uh, yeah. It wasn't about money. It was about it was how fantastic that was to be number one, wasn't it? Yeah, and, exactly. And, and how that has changed things for you. Yeah, definitely. And it has. It has. Now, you know, I'm getting people DMing me. People want to do JVs with me on, on the podcast. And people just seeing who's this young pretender, well, yeah. not young anymore, but, yeah. you know, it's come out of the blue. But yeah. there's a lot that goes into a podcast, and I'm sure you'll know because you've, you've been on, you're part of the group. Well, you're not a young pretender. They say you're not young anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're, exactly. you're, you're, young, you're not a pretender, <laughs> but you're still young, my friend. In context. You know, so look, but two or three tips, because there are going to be yeah. people listening to this from the podcast group sure. or groups. Just yeah. two or three things maybe you could help yeah. them to get to number one, maybe. I think you've got to put a focus on it. I... When I decided to do the podcast, I put a focus on it. So we spent a bit of time. Obviously, I invested in the editing team, which I've used. And really, just do it, you know? Don't worry about where you hit number one or whatever. You know, I was, I'm, I'm really happy that I did that. But it's a long-term thing for me. Whether I didn't get to number one, I wasn't too bothered. My main thing is getting your message out. Now, let me, let me give you a tip on that because... It doesn't matter about a message that's already been done. So, look, I'm talking about business. Now, how many business gurus do we know? We need loads. We, you know, there's Tim Ferriss. There's, oh, you can read it off. But then I, I, I could quite easily think, you know what? Who's Jay Dillon in this? But you know what? I've got my own message. So it's your own take on certain situations. 
and you've got your own experiences. You'll have them, the audience will have them, I've had them. So we're all unique. So what I would say is, look, put a focus on it, get recording, don't worry too much about the content. I can remember the first episode, I, I must have done about 25 times, recording it, stopping, recording it, stopping, recording it. And I thought, no. And then at the time I spoke to my mentor about it and he just said, just, just do it. Because at the end of the day, it's a long-term thing. And I want to record 3,000 episodes of my podcast. And I'm at 10. So the chances are, by the time I get to 100, I'm going to be a lot better than I am now. So don't worry about it. You get it, you get it perfect later. The thing is, if you're going at it with a good heart, how can it be wrong? Yeah. How can it be bad? So whatever you do has got to be good and some value to somebody, hasn't it? So I think, yeah, get going. Get going. You know, get perfect later. That's uh, Rob Wells' famous. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I know? think his book's out soon on that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. So, um, Grant Cardone. Yeah. What's he like? Amazing. Yeah. I think a few of the community have met with him. And I can remember, we got invited to the event. It was in London. Small group, probably a room this big. And um, I'd visit, I, I listened to his book. I mean, listened to his audios. I liked him because he's very into sales and I like that because he's the same. He, he talks about getting sales in, you know, all the entrepreneurs talk about passion, which is great as well. But he's just a great guy. And just at one time kind of changed my sort of take on things. You know, I'm quite passionate anyway. And that's what I highly recommend is if you get a chance to meet one-to-one with somebody, mm. it's a different ball game. I, I, can't, I can't explain. And that's why mentoring is so important. You know, if you can get one-to-one mentoring or group mentoring, it's different to reading books. But if you can't afford it, then books is better than nothing. Yeah. But meeting someone is, you know, we're going to meet now. You'll yeah. take something, I'll take something. Yeah. It's different face-to-face. Yeah. And that's what happened with Grant, you know. I can remember him asking questions and he was great, you know. I think he's an inspirational guy. We know how, how power, you know, how well he's done. Yeah. And yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about him. And, and what's he, 65, you told me? 65. Never ever too old. 65, billionaire. But he wasn't a billionaire, probably what even tech way of what he like said, 10 years yeah, ago, yeah. right? I think at 40, he put a focus on it. He was in car sales and at 40, he started putting a focus on it. And he said his journey has been like 25 years. Yeah. So you're never too old, you yeah. know, you're never too young. You just got to get going. You know, I can remember I was at Progressive only a few months ago and they were saying there's a lady, I think she's 100, but she's like 90 plus and she's doing, selling products on Amazon. Yeah. And I was like taken back by that. And it's true. Anybody can do it. With the world we're in now, with the technology you've got, podcast, Facebook Live. Look, to do what we did now, what we're doing now, we'd probably take an army before, you know? TV crews, probably a car outside. We've got the tools now. It's probably the best time to do it. And again, just start small and just keep building. You know, like we said, one thing at a time, daily steps, momentum will build. Yeah. People will give up because they look too far ahead. So look, in a, in a moment, I'm going to ask you f- 10 quick fire questions. No problem. Right? And then we're, we're sort of done. I think there's been some great nuggets there. If we try to pull this conversation together yeah. into I don't know, five things, yeah, yeah, sure. what, what could I ask you to give? Yeah, I think if we're going to five things, if you're looking at starting a business, start one. But what I would do is look at how you can monetize it. I do five, but the most important thing is look how you can monetize it. Second thing is, look, if you've got a small budget, just start small, you know, go to networking, talk to people, get your idea out there. You can have to do a bit more if you haven't got the budgets. Three, 
get on the social media platforms. If you're not on them, you've got Facebook, you've got um, Instagram, you've got LinkedIn. Now, I've just done a podcast now. I don't know if it's gone live. I think it might have done. It's eight, nine minutes. How Facebook friends should be your new power network. Now, I asked a lot of questions about this. Oh, you know, you've asked about Instagram and Facebook and pages. And what I did, and I don't want to spoil it for the podcast listeners, but what I did was I looked at my Facebook friends um, about eight months ago and I removed 85% of them. Yeah. And then I started building a new network of people that support me. So if you're not happy with posting content, you're not your Instagram and the Facebooks and, and marketers are doing it, start with your Facebook friends. Look at which people can drive you and which people are bringing you down. So that could be your social network because yeah. everyone's got maybe a couple hundred friends on there. Yeah. And you can build it. And by the way, you can, and I've got some tips on my podcast to do that. Just don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Be positive. Challenges will come. And if you can, get a mentor. And by the way, you know, you can get a mentor through asking, you know, DMing people. But yeah, try and get the advice through books. If you can't afford it, through books, um, through just, just general groups and stuff. Yeah. And five, you know, like you said, have the courage to do things. You know, Grant gave a great example. I'm probably repeating myself on his podcast now, but he, he was in the park and it was Prince, Prince Harry's wedding with Meghan. And he goes, he went to the park and he started shouting, oh, there's, there's Harry, there's Harry, there's Harry. And everyone's looking, you know, like he was pranking basically. And he said in the talk and he said, look, they may think, they may look at me and think, what a fool, but I'm doing what they want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you said you were going around taking photographs of people in that room, they want to do that. But you've had the courage to do it. So look, have the courage. You know, what you, what you want to do, everyone wants to do. But, you know, it, it's taking the courage. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'll put all those tips on the bottom of this so everybody's got those. Because they're, they're, I mean, they're five brilliant tips and just follow those and, you, yeah. you know, you're off really. So look, I've got some quick questions for you. You've no idea what these are going to be, so... Let's go for let's it. Let's go for it. So... One-word answers or just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could be a well, what? you can say them as yeah. a, a, a little as you want to. Um, I saw you winning the dad's race the other day. Yes. And actually, even the tip at the end there, you were going to make sure... Yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second, and in second place. Yeah. What's your favourite sport? Well, football was my favourite sport. Um, I played at a good level. I played for Derby County, wow. which was Derby boys back then. So, you know, I'm, I'm nearly 40 now. So going back 20 years. But football's my favourite sport. I like every sport. I'm very competitive. But, you know, I didn't make it to the, the academy and a professional. But, you know, I played at a decent level. So you've got Frank Lampard as the manager yeah. up here now. I'm a Chelsea fan, so yeah, you know, yeah. we love him. Well, it's funny because I was with John Terry, the yeah. charity fan. I was talking to John Terry. We were, we were having a chat. And I said to him, look, you've got to come Derby now. He's out of contract. Yeah, yeah. So, and he said, yeah, he's laughing. And then all of a sudden my wife goes, we, we check the paper. I go, John Terry might come. But, uh, you know, the conversation went on. But he's a lovely guy, by the way. Great guy. Yeah. That would be, be perfect, actually, wouldn't awesome, it? Awesome, you know. You know. Anyway, that's John cool. Terry. We're talking about you. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, you admire. I won't say entrepreneur because you've got lots of yeah, friends yeah. with. Sure. But can you pick a few entrepreneurs you admire? And therefore, people should have a look to follow, maybe. Yeah. I think Grant Cardone is definitely we've spoken about him I think he's a great entrepreneur to follow Gary Vaynerchuk I think he's a very good entrepreneur to follow Patrick Bet David now a lot of people haven't heard of Patrick well people have heard of him but they've not really when I'm coming to conversations I 
sort of following about a year ago. So Patrick Bet David is probably someone you've not known of. He's got eight hundred thousand, he's got a hundred million dollar business, but he's got some great videos on entrepreneurship. And then if I was looking at the UK, I think Rob Moore. Yeah. I think you can't go past Rob Moore. You know, I was with him yesterday and he is gonna be the next big thing. I think he'll be the American version of Grant Cardone. I think he's got so much going and he's been so successful and he's helped loads of people. And the thing with Rob Moore is you can see Rob Moore because he, you know, goes to lots of events. He talks at lots of events. He's, yeah. he's available to talk to people, yeah, yeah. isn't he? So he's one of these people you can go up. In fact, he did a, if you look on Never Ever Too Old, he did a sort of three minute interview with me. I went up to him, asked him, would he mind doing a three minute, like, yeah, yeah. Never Too Old? And he did it for me. So that covers lots of points. Uh, and if you can't get a peach, but his books are great. So, you know, you can get that. <laughs> okay. So the last book you read or the book you're reading now. Oh, good question. So the last book was actually Rob's. <laughs> so I think money, 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 or money. No, it was uh, it was the last one. It was about the yeah, um, like, organization. Yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah. I got it as well. So I think if I can talk about the one book that probably because I, I read quite a lot, I would say the Ten X Rule. I'm not plugging Grant, by the way. The Ten X Rule is one book that kind of changed my philosophy on business a little bit. And I highly recommend reading that book. So if you've not read the 10X by Grant Cardin, I'd read that. Because that talks about, you know, a lot of businesses, when you start off, you kind of think too small in a sense of your sales forecast. And you're so right, because I used to do that. You know, if you want to make 10 grand a month, or if you want to make two grand a month, aim for 10, and you'll probably hit five, and that's a great achievement. Whereas a lot of people go on two. So I think, um, yeah, I'd go on 10X rule if I had to pick one book. I've got that on Audible, actually, and I haven't listened to that yet, so I'll I'll get get on to that one. Um, A podcast you follow that's not yours, obviously, that you like or you recommend people to listen to? Yeah, I've... I can't keep plugging Grant, can I? But Rob Moore's Disruptive Entrepreneur. Yeah. I think that's probably a great podcast to follow. And he's got a lot of podcasts now, so a lot of topics to cover, aren't they? You can go in where you want, can't you? Exactly, and and he's got, and he's he's relevant as well. Yeah. You know, like you said, you can meet Rob Moore, so you can touch him and you can speak to him. He's got Grant Cardone, there's Gary Vaynerchuk, there's Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan show's quite good as well. It's quite a lot I listen to. And obviously, of course, mine. Of course yours. (laughs) You're the number one. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Favourite healthy food? Well, okay, I'm just on a bit of a health thing at the moment. So I, I like juices. So uh, every morning I'll have um, a, a NutriBlend. If you can get a NutriBlend, get one. Yeah. So I um, just bought all the like kale, spinach, and um, just like carrots, yeah. celery mixed up. In the morning I have that. Yeah. So I've started that. So that, that's my favorite I do a bit of that, but I tend to buy the frozen bags and then I'll add in a little bit, uh, so spirulina. Okay. And they do make you feel good, don't they? 100%. Although you look at them, you will go the first time, you look at a green mushy thing and you'll go, Yeah. no chance. And then you'll drink it, close your eyes, you're, ooh. Yeah. It's interesting because there's a, I don't know if you've got Netflix, the audience, but if you've got Netflix, there's actually a guy who did that. He was really ill. He had about 12 pills a day. He did the juice diet and it's on there. If you watch it, it's kind of like... Mine, it shows you how that can get you healthy. I saw that and I remember he had oh, like yeah, a, t- right. a table load of pills, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And in right. the end, he had the little suitcase yeah. with four pills. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, so, yeah, so vegetables. Cool. Best holiday destination? Oh, good. I've, I've been, I've traveled quite a bit. So, this will be a tough one. So, Mauritius is nice. Yeah. Um, Hawaii is nice. 
Dubai is nice. Yeah. Thailand's amazing. I've I been to Thailand. Thailand about 12 times. We used to import and export, so we used to go there quite often. If I was to just pick one, I would say probably Mauritius. It's yeah. amazing. Just yeah. by the ocean. Any, any, any of those will do. Mate. Yeah, we'll take anything. You know. <laughs> Derby. Not even, yeah, Derby. Derby. I don't know if I came into Derby this morning, coming, yeah. like, coming over, the sun was out, and I thought, yeah, actually, Derby looks all right. Derby's all right. <laughs> Derby's, Derby's <laughs> great. You know, we've, got, uh, we've got the sun. Too, so so great. last one. Uh, one key word for success. Persistence. No, I've been in recruitment, so we've oh God, I've probably recruited thousands over the year and trained a lot of people. I would say the traits of successful, I've hired some, on paper, the best salespeople you can ever get. I mean, proven, you know, I think they're going to 10 exit, I'm re- you know, and within six months they've, they've just failed. But then I bought apprentices who've got the right attitude and they've gone on to be so successful. Because you know what, at six o'clock, they'd stay behind and then make that phone call. At 7.30, they'd ring up the candidate and say, look, you know, I'm get the job done. And they are now, if I look back and, I, you know, they give me credit for helping them, but they've done it themselves, really. Yeah. They're very successful in jobs. And it's just that persistence, persistence, and the hunger, you know, to do well. So I, I would use that word. Else. So look, that's it. That's flown by quickly. There's a load of information in there. It's the sort of thing uh, I'm probably going to watch two or three times because there's so much information there. So look, I wanted to thank you for taking no problem. time to see me. How can people find you? So on the podcast, if you go to iTunes and put in Business Mentor Podcast or Stitcher, if you haven't, if you've got an Android phone, you can get me on Instagram, which is UK. Facebook's the same. Instagram, follow me. That's probably the most where you get relevant stuff. And look, if you've got any questions, you can email me. If you do to my podcast email, j at businessmentorpodcast.com. Send me a question and then, you know, let's have a conversation. So uh, never ever too old, Instagram or Facebook, you'll find me there. And again, you can uh, message me directly there. So that's it. Thank you for tuning in. If you're going to watch this on a replay, if you wouldn't just mind putting replay, that would be a big help. Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Bye. Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure.